This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, let's do this. Moranalytics podcast, episode 143, taping live right now, coming to you from Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. Did a show here recently with Eric Wood. Liked it so much. Back for another one. My guest today is Buffalo Bills beat reporter at The Athletic. Still feels a little weird getting used to saying I'm going to be honest with you. It does. My man, Joe B. Joe Biscali. What's up, dude? How you doing? Oh, oh it is so good to uh, do the Moranalytics podcast in person. <laughs> I mean, we, we we did the one, I, what was it, like six, seven months ago, and that one was a lot of fun. We talked, we chatted for over an hour, I think, and flew by, but but yeah, it's good. It's good to be here, and, it, and it, you're right. It is still weird to hear uh, the, the new title, but uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. Yeah, I, I am too. We'll, we'll talk about that sure. in a little bit. It's definitely, it's good to meet you. Also got to meet your lovely girlfriend, Sarah. We sat down, <laughs> enjoyed some chicken wings. We'll talk about those in a few minutes again here at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. I know, dude, you're coming up. I'm, you're getting really close to having 100,000 followers though, on Twitter. <laughs> I noticed that earlier today. Is that for you like sometimes homegrown kid doing right and you're almost at 100 grand with Twitter followers? Now, is that ever kind of like a pinch me moment for you? It's like, God it's, damn. It's weird. I mean, um, and I mean, it's so incredibly humbling because, like you said, I grew up here, uh, grew up in Hamburg, well, actually Lakeview, and then. Went to St. Francis High School after being in the Frontier School District and, you know, just being there and, you know, going to the One Bills Drive every single day and people actually giving a shit about what I have yeah. to say is is also very humbling. Um, but but yeah, it's it's been it's been wild. I remember I, I sometimes look back at my Instagram posts and I'll look back to like first time I I. Uh, put a picture of when I got to 20,000 followers. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. And, and it's just kind of like, wow, I can't believe, like, where's the cap? I'm, I'm, I'm expecting the cap at some point, but it's been so incredibly heartwarming because people, Bills fans have just embraced me. The fantasy football community has embraced me. And it's just, it's like, I would never, I would have never thunk it in a, in a million years. I'm extremely fortunate. I, I probably owe my, my career to Twitter, to be perfectly honest with sure. you. That, yeah. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, that's a really, that's a good thing. Yeah. I feel like you're one of those guys, this generation of sports community people that have really, more than most people, have been able to utilize Twitter properly, okay? There's a lot of sports writers out there. I'm not going to name names, and I'm not even just talking about the Buffalo market. I'm talking about in general who use Twitter for one thing. They have to. Their company mandates it. <laughs> they go on. They write a story or they, whatever they post, they go on there. They put that link up. They write that story. That's it. 
right. done. Right. You're, you've never been like that. I mean, even now, I don't care you got 98,000 followers or when you had 8,000 followers, 18,000 followers. You've always been good at engaging with fans. Yeah. And I think that's always been your credit. And I think a lot of fans out there appreciate you for that. I'm not just saying that. I really mean no, it. No, I, I appreciate th- that 100%. And I'm glad that um, there's a connection in that way because that's incredibly important to me. Like, I know the people that I follow, I don't, I don't want to follow people that are just news bots. I want to follow people. Right. Like, it's kind of like sports radio theory a little bit. Um, going over to social media, though, it's like, okay, you you listen to these people because of their personality as opposed to, you know, just the fact that they're, they're people talking about sports on the radio. I mean, with Twitter, it's like, okay, I could just only tweet you the links of my stories and that would be perfectly fine, but you're losing on all that engagement with, with people and you're just building, not building a connection with people. I like having inside jokes on Twitter. I like... I like building a rapport with people. Like, there's people I know have been following me since day one. Yeah. Like, I, I could list off a name, a, a list of names right now of people that I, I would recognize. And it's like, I mean, it's kind of like I've been growing up with them. And that's that's been such a cool thing. I think in today's market more than ever, because there's so many organizations and so many people, whether it's mainstream media or blogs or podcasts, whatever it is that's going on out there, I think fan relationships are more important now than they've ever been. Maybe back in the day, it didn't matter. If you're a one newspaper town with a one radio station town, and maybe you have one or two magazines and a couple of TV stations, and that was it. That's not the case anymore. So you got to be, when it comes to the fans, there's a difference between engagement. Now, let's be clear here, okay? Not saying you got to kiss the fans' asses because some of them are jerks. And you know this as well as anybody in your position. There's going to be trolls. There's going to be people out there who want to just make your life hard because it feels good to insult you. That's just the way it is in the world. But to have the ability to have good interactions with fans, I personally feel like it's more important now than it's ever been. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's something that's been incredibly important to me as it's kind of gone on here. I mean, when you have um, a set of fans and, you know, I'll be honest, when I first started on Twitter, my relationship with the trolls then is vastly different than what it is now because back then i mean it's only human nature you let it get to you and it's like it's like let it ruin your your next two hours or something like that but but eventually it's like you can't take yourself too seriously and that's that's kind of what i've kind of done over the last decade that i've been that i've been covering the team and you know interacting with people you can't take yourself too seriously and and the thing is even if you have trolls I'll engage sometimes because a lot of times when you when you just say something and you explain yourself to them or you know you just try to neutralize them they'll be like oh man I was just kidding it's cool (laughs) and there's the amount of people that are true jerks on Twitter aren't as high or at least that I've encountered aren't as uh, high as you would expect so it's been it's been cool getting to know a lot of people on there like I, I can sit I can sit here and say like. I can probably pick out a little personality trait of some of my followers um, over the years just based on all our interactions right. over time, whether it be sarcasm or absurd jokes or, you know, leaning into uh, some of the inside jokes I've had over the year. Like, for instance, the other day um, at the game, I I had uh, someone go, hey, who would be a better special teams person, Dan or Boom Heron? Like, that's just, <laughs> just a, an, an inside joke from five years ago. So that's that's the cool part about Twitter. I'll tell you this. 
saving it for the end. There's going to be a little Ask Joe B segment at the end. Ooh, I'm into it. Well, well, the questions are all exclusively from Patrick Moran from the Moranalytics podcast. Okay, okay. Not your fans, but I say that. I bring it up because there, I saw one. You had an Ask Joe B before the Indianapolis yeah. opener. There was a question in there. I looked at it. And I literally was at my desk and started laughing out loud. I'm like, why does somebody want to know this? I can't wait to ask okay, that. That's right. going to be at the I'm end. I'm into it. I'm into it. We'll circle back to that stuff. Sure. Let's talk about the wings for a minute here. We're, again, okay. we're at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. I just had these with Eric on the last show. And I wanted to bring you back here because I'm a big, big fan of these wings. And I know you are too, man. What's your take? Did you like these wings? Oh, yeah. They're great. I mean, the the first time I had them quite honestly, was a couple of weeks ago. I met my um, my two close friends that I grew up with uh, down here, and um, they're, they're just like, you got to have the wings. I'm like, okay, I'm trying it. And, and Justin, the owner, brought, brought them out, and they just looked pristine, like, you know, yeah. super saucy. They had um, it just like these garnishes all over it and like little spices, and it's like a unique taste, which is tough to get in Buffalo. So I'm, I'm a big fan, uh, and I kept talking. You know, Sarah's here. I, br- I brought her here because I wanted her to try the wings, and I kept telling her throughout the week. And she's like, "And she's like, would you shut up already? It's the fourth <laughs> time already that, that you've been telling me about these wings." So yeah, I, I do quite like them here. I'll tell you, man, and, and you said it. The way they're presented, it almost feels like we're in Hollywood right now. Sure, right. They look like Rodeo Drive chicken wings. Now, don't get me wrong; they taste like good buffalo chicken wings, but. They look that way. Are you much of a chicken wing person? Obviously, yeah. I'm not going to rehash all the details yet again of my journey here. It's getting <laughs> ridiculous right now. I've told you this. I literally, I'm not exaggerating. I've been here for two weeks. I'm going to be here for one more, and I've gained 12 pounds in two weeks because I, I just can't stop, dude. I'm a machine. As we're taping this, this is the 18th time I've had wings in Oh, my goodness. Days. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. That's incredible. How often do you get to go out and have wings? Do you like to go to different places? You have a, a couple places that are like your go-to spot, and you um, mostly stick with them. We like to we like to vary up what we're eating. Um, I mean, we go for wings probably once every couple of months, yeah. just because. I mean, we have an embarrassment of riches here in Buffalo of places sure. you could go to. Um, if if we've got a group of friends or you know people that are in from from out of town, we we're absolutely. Heading over to Bar Bill in East Aurora. That's one of our favorite spots, um, as I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people. You know, it wasn't until one of Tim Graham's Make-A-Wish uh, events that we had Elmo's wings and we're like, whoa, double yeah. dip? What is this? Right. And, and so that that was really cool. Um, but yeah, we've, we've definitely grown um, as wing eaters over the course of time because Sarah and I, we like to try a lot of new stuff. Um, chicken wings or otherwise, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it, it's been very cool educating ourselves throughout Buffalo these past few years. I tell you, if someone only listened to this podcast and didn't know any better, you would think there was nothing in Buffalo except for chicken wings. To eat. <laughs> right? There's so many good pizzerias and beef. I watch. Oh yeah, good steakhouses. There's just so many good oh, things. Oh, I know. So I want to run down a couple of places. Not a couple because it's more than a couple that I've been to on this trip. Let me know if you've had them or not. Odds are you probably haven't, because again, you're a guy who likes to go out and enjoy wings every once in a while. It's an occasion for you yeah, when you go out and have sure. wings. It's right. not a ritual like like the idiot like I am, but <laughs> here's what I'll do, man. I'll, I'll run off the place, and I'll if you don't know, I'll use an NFL team's football record, and okay. I'll tell you what kind of wings those are. Okay, right? I'm what ready. Coles. I've not had their wings. I've eaten there, though. They're solid, man. Okay. I, they're a 10 and 16. Oh, wow. Okay. Coles a 10 and All 6. Right. They're a contender. All right. Um, good bar. Probably not if you haven't had Coles. Good yeah, bar. no, I haven't had there. Dude, they're six and ten. They're all right. They're the Vince Young dream team. They're Eagles. rebuilding for no, a little bit right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Whale Center. That's far. I, I haven't. No, I, I don't know that I've been to Wales more than like once in my life. I did, You know the worst part about going to Wales Center? Much respect to them, by the way, because I did enjoy their wings. Right. The route I took literally had to drive past Barville to get there. Really? Like, why am I passing Barville right now to go eat chicken wings <laughs> somewhere That's else? That's funny. But they were pretty solid, man. They're like a nine. That's and, like on the way down to Warsaw, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are a nine and seven wings. Okay. Bases loaded. That's oh. in that's in uh what, what, Main like, Street? No, it's in Oh, Blaisdell. I know what you're talking about. I thought you were talking. Oh my god, you know what I thought you were talking about? Third base on Main Street, oh. the, the old bar. That We'd be used going to be there, there to drink. <laughs> no, they they did like the quarter nights. Yeah, and yeah. Oh my oh, god, Jesus. <laughs> that um, Eric was up. That was Scott Chandler's place. He told told the story on the oh, most podcast. Okay. They used to go, so okay. he went there all the time. They're good wings, like nice. nine and seven. Uh, O'Neills. I haven't had their wings. I, I feel like I'm just such a rookie here. I'm, I've, I've only had a handful of places. It's okay. I'm helping you out, man. Yeah, they're, I appreciate they're, it. They're a solid 11-5 and five team. Okay. They're, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to win a playoff game. <laughs> Gene McCarthy's, that's over I, in the first war. I've had their wings. They're solid. Yes, they are. I, I think they're a 10-win yes, they team. They're a 10-win team. Here's a place I know you haven't had them, and I'm telling everyone listening, if you haven't heard this yet, Macy's Place Pizzeria. It's in Chicawaga. It's on Genesee Road. Okay. 12 and 14. Whoa. Best wings. I've had, I think, 14. I need to make a note in my phone about this. 14 places I've been to. It's a pizzeria that's had the best wings of the new spots that I've been to. Okay. I'm not saying they're the best wings I've had of all these new spots I've been to. All right. They're the best. Essex Street Pub. Mm. I've been there numerous times having lived in the Elmwood District for roughly about three to four years of my life. Um, Have not had their wings. Have, Have had other food. Have consumed some of their beverages there, but have not uh, had their wings. I don't they're think. a six and ten team, but they're a six and ten team with a fun quarterback to watch. Oh my goodness, are they ever? <laughs> they're, there's good on many things, man. Good food, great environment, but the wings itself. I'm, I'm talking about wings there, man. How about uh? I'm going to skip Adolfs. I'm sure you have. Put it this way: I, in good conscience, no disrespect to them, I wouldn't let you and Sarah walk into Adolfs. <laughs> if you're from the first ward, it's a community bar. That's cool, but right, the yeah, outsiders, sure. I'm pretty confident you're not sure. going to go So we'll skip that okay. one. Uh, well, let's hit Hurdle, Wellington Pub. Been to Wellington, have not had their wings. They're good, man. Yeah. They're, they're a 9-win team for sure. Buffalo Tap House, which has been about a million different things yeah. on Chippewa. Yeah. Mm. Okay. 6 and right. 10. Avoid. 6 and 10, avoid. Right. Glen Park Tavern, we talked about this off the year. Man. Bust. Don't go there. <laughs> like, are they, a, are they a top 10 draft pick that, that busted, or what, what's, what's the deal? They are... Very highly recommended on Twitter. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm, we talked about I'm not in the business of, of burying people. They're, sure, I'm sure right. they're good people. Maybe I just got a bad batch that day. Yeah. Okay. Right. But they were terrible and they're overpriced. You paid $13.95 for eight wings and they weren't even big and they weren't good. Okay. They weren't sauced up. I ought to be honest with you, man. So there were three and 13. Wins. All right. This is all good intel. Climax. Okay, I have no Never idea what, what this is. <laughs> it's in North Tatawana. It's an eleven win team, though. I'm telling you, because they're right sa- next to Dwyer's. I'm a South Towns guy. I don't get I don't get up to the North Towns much, and Matt Beauvais rips me for it all the time because he's a Wheatfield guy, and I always give him crap for being a Wheatfield guy too. Um, last last new place here, actually two more. Kales Sports Bar and Grill. You remember Kevin Snow worked for the Buffalo Sabers? Absolutely, yeah. He recommended I go to this. Yeah, place, right. Okay, they were good, man. I was um I was impressed. The, the traditional medium like we had here tonight, even though these weren't really traditional medium. No, they're not traditional. They've got something something else to them. Yeah, definitely, for sure. It definitely it felt hotter than medium here. Yeah, there was a kick to them, for I, sure. I enjoyed it. The uh, KO, anyway, the KO spicy were really good, and medium were bad. And then uh, Dwyer's. 
completely disappointed. In I that. have quite literally had zero of the wings of all the places <laughs> you just listed. So I feel like I need to go on a chicken wing tour, no, you much don't. like you. No, you don't, because you look good right now, dude. <laughs> you, you look like you're in really good shape. You look uh, healthy. Nah, Not nah, so nah. much me. So maybe you should stay away from these. But if you ever want to try one of those places, okay. I would say Macy's Place Pizzeria is definitely one. And I feel, I mean, I'm not even talking about Sunny Reds goes without saying. But, right. And then the Wellington Pub are the new ones. You're a spreadsheet guy, man. I Oh, all the way through. I, we were talking about this, me and Sarah, too. I keep power rankings for this stuff. I, I take it serious. I'm up to 54 places That now, is man. incredible. You know, I, um, we, uh, we tend to rank and chart everything. Well, I tend to chart everything. We rank everything together. So all of the different places we've gone to dinner over the years, it's um, we all have them in a little list of uh, places that, that that we really, really like, whether it be in Buffalo or otherwise, just everywhere we've ever been. So as I, we as, like it. As I transition away from chicken wings, that's more than <laughs> enough of that shit. But I remember this from the first episode, the first time I had you on, you, you've been a spreadsheet guy. And you've all, you're, you're Obviously, you're very well known for that, by the way. I wish I had my computer here How to, to show you. you you know what i just it probably started when i was young because i would always i wouldn't have access to computers to obviously do that because at that point it was you know the mid 90s to late 90s um, and it wasn't really a huge thing at that point but i would always have organization to anything that i did whether it be baseball cards to video games i would always have like a you know, on a piece of paper, things would be detailed and organized. And, and that's, that's kind of what I've just kind of grown into. And once I found spreadsheets and Excel, I don't use Excel, by the way, I use, uh, I use numbers on Apple, which I actually prefer to Excel. Um, I don't, I don't know anything about it. I don't <laughs> See, anything about I'm getting it. super nerdy here. It's just, I like the formatting a bit better with it and you can still do all the formulaic things. I'm sure there's hits and misses to both, but um, I'm also someone that likes a, a spreadsheet to be aesthetically pleasing as mm-hmm. well actually I, I once once we uh once I go through my phone I can I can find one for you on my phone because I have access to all of them but I mean it's just having everything in one place and it it helps me learn it helps my brain learn the, the those things like I'll give you a, for instance um, some people might know this about me by now but I am a humongous soccer fan like mm-hmm insane soccer fan to that to the point where i'm trying to learn about each of the sub leagues in each of the top five countries to figure out and and how they all qualify for champions league europa league and all their different cups and everything like that and the only way that i'm going to be able to learn all the teams and all the players on the teams everything like that is to have it all in one form which is a spreadsheet yes it takes a long time yes i'm an insane person but (laughs) but all of those things helps me learn and it's kind of the same way that i approach it with the bills i have i don't know probably like four or five different spreadsheets related to the bills whether it be my player grades depth charts salary cap tables just things that i know that i have immediate access to and that helps me put it in my brain as opposed to just going on and and googling something that i could find because you know i i I try to think that you know i i want to think about things a bit more organically to where I'm coming up to my own conclusions rather than being influenced by other things. So that's part of it too. When I had you on the first time and for people listening, if they didn't hear it the first time, it was episode number 37. So go back in the archives. That was Joe's story about coming up, going to school, your career path to get to 
where you were at the time. Yeah. Now that was a year ago, man. <laughs> a couple things. Things have changed. change. Yes, they do. They sure do. at the athletic now. You got to tell me how that opportunity came about to join the athletic. I, I got to say, man, given the talent that the athletics racked up since launching a year ago, I'm not stunned. I'm not shocked. I kind of felt like at some point Joe B was going to end up at the F. Well, that's incredibly humbling for you to say to me because I have such a massive respect for everything that they've been able to accomplish over there in such a short amount of time. And um, like going through, I, you know, I'd always, when they first launched, I'd always thought I saw it in the distance. And I even wrote this in my, my intro letter for the athletic. I, I quite literally remember being at a bar on, on Allen with Sarah and like showing her the app and be like, look at this. Like they're hiring all these good writers. And I'm like, this is, this is a thing that would take off in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Without question, it would take off because there's such a ferocious app, ferocious appetite for things. And the way that they do it is just different. Um, But, you know, never in a million years did I think they would want a radio guy turned TV guy. It was just kind of a, a pie in the sky idea. Like, sure, I've been doing this a while, but you know, I've never been a full-time writer or anything. I, like my writing is probably the thing that connects me to the fan base more than anything. Sure, definitely. but but that said, it's never been my you know finger quote big lean of of what I do. But when they came calling, like I'll tell you what, it was such an emotional day for me because on one hand, like the opportunity that I had at Channel Seven was incredible you know, sports director within uh, a little over a year of being at that station and them trusting me to do that role. Good relationships too yes. with Matt and Jenna. Yes, sure. exactly. And to, and to be able to help grow in that respect. And like, it's something I did not take for granted one bit. And and that's just like, I, I, I never thought I would be in TV, but once I got in there, I'm like, wow, you know, these people here, they're just incredible. But when... The athletic called, you know, the person that called me was someone that was the editor in chief at Sports Illustrated for like 20 plus years. And immediately I'm like, what? Why are you talking to me? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a 30 at time, 31 year old guy. And like, um, but they, they said, you know, we really like what you do and we would like to continue talking. And, and so, you know, push came to shove and. Um, they, they made it clear that they thought that I would be able to help complement the team at, at the athletic Buffalo already. And I mean, you can, you can, you can say one thing about all the people that they've, they've added throughout the country to their local beats, to their national beats. I mean, it's a, it's an all-star cast, but when you look at the people that they've added in Buffalo, it's like, oh my God, I get to, I get to work with all of these people like for instance tim graham is someone that i have grown grown just close to over the past decade i mean i remember it clear as day i'm going off on a tangent i'm sorry go ahead please you're (laughs) Uh, making my job easy man (laughs) tim graham i remember i was covering a random sabers game sabers playoff game and he at this time he was working at espn i was just starting off um, at GR, I think I might even still been part time at that point, making seven fifteen an hour. Yeah. Um, wow! And I remember being up in the press box, just 
helping supplement Paul Hamilton's coverage by going to the visitor's locker room and grabbing interviews for a playoff game. Um, and then on the elevator on the way down, because everyone gets jammed into the elevator on the way down because there's only one. Mm-hmm. And, and it happens right right after the game. Right. I remember seeing Tim and be like, oh, my God, it's Tim Graham. He works for ESPN. He's the AFC East writer. This is incredible. I've looked up to him. And all of a sudden he goes, hey, you're Joe, right? Like in the total Tim Graham I, cadence. I'm picturing him in my mind yep. saying it. And I, and I go, I'm like, yeah. He's like, Tim Graham, ESPN. I think you do incredible work. And at that point, I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening now? And then uh, eventually, you know, we began to grow a bit closer. We hosted a radio show on GR yeah. for one season on every Monday. Um, we got really tight in that way. We've stayed close over the years. And we've always kind of thought to ourselves, hey, what what would happen if we ever were able to work together? And so that opportunity came up. Same thing with Matthew Fairburn, who I've grown incredibly close to over the past five years that he's been here i mean i remember when he first got to the beat it the first time i met him it was moving day back when moving day was still a thing with the bills they've, they've done away with it since where every single media person stands out in the uh in the parking lot waiting for players to get there in the hot hot sun and it's usually on blacktop so it makes it even hotter and matthew fairburn showed up in jeans and like a really heavy polo and i'm like man i don't know what you're thinking that was the first thing i said to him i'll never forget it and just since then we we have grown as friends as colleagues and at podcast partners too and you know we we always kind of like pie in the sky like hey i wonder if we could ever like work together one day and to be able to work with both of those guys closely is just an incredible dream come true and when you add that to the fact that you have John Vogel, who is the guy on the Sabres beat, the guy. I mean, what he says is gospel with, with the Sabres. And then Joe Yurden as well, who's such a good guy and, and he's such a, you know, such a uh, upcoming writer, uh, uh, what he covers with the Sabres. And Lindsay Tarkangelo, who's such an incredible She's voice good. for the media. She's so good. I mean, just, and Chris Baker. How do right. I forget Chris Baker? Sabres prospects. Um, to add to just be able to be a fly on the wall on that team is incredible in itself. And, you know, I, I flock to the opportunity. It's one thing to respect the people that you work with, but like in the case of the athletic, you guys genuinely like each yeah. other. That's gotta be beneficial to you. Oh, it's so we've talked, we talked off here about this. You know, you guys, maybe you're not necessarily getting the byline, but you're more than willing to help Tim with something or Matt or Matt with you and vice versa. That's meaningful. It's teamwork. And I mean, it, it doesn't, (laughs) here we go. I'm going to use a sports analogy. It doesn't always show up on the stat sheet, (laughs) but you know, having like, for instance, at, uh, at the bills game, when they, when they played the Colts uh, for the first preseason game, like I was just writing observations that night. I didn't have a need for quotes, but, I wanted to go into the locker rooms, whatever they needed from me, I would go and grab whatever and I, you know, transcribe it for them, make sure it make, makes their life easier and, and add some content to their stories. Um, and they would do the same thing for me and they have done the same thing for me. And I've been working there for what, two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's wild. But I mean, it's, there's just a, such a great synergy working with both of those guys. And I mean, I hope it translates with, with how people see our writing and and they they see the the types of stories we come out with and um the observations that that matthew and i did during training camp i mean uh, all of those things were carefully crafted 
and because we just at its core we have a really good relationship with one another we carpooled almost every single day just talking about ideas talking about life talking about different things that could work that won't work and and that's how we attack camp you know a lot of times i think when you make a a career altering decision like you did it could be really tough yeah with respect to wkbw i'm i know you're very grateful i know you like that job i know you think the world of matt and jenna but when it comes to having the opportunity to work with Matt and Tim, among the other guys and Lindsay that we talked about, it had to be kind of an easy decision. Yeah, well, I mean, in a way, I mean, I don't want to. Again, I don't want to take anything away from Channel Seven because that, right. that was a great job. No, too, it was an way, incredible opportunity and one that you know I will forever be grateful for them even taking the chance on a radio guy trying to teach him TV who literally never held a camera before. Um, but and. Of course, Matt has Matt and Jenna have grown to be two incredibly close friends, and I just love them to pieces. And they'll remain close. Friends. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And I still do stuff with them during right. the, during the season. Yep. Um, but you know, getting the chance to work work with Matt and Tim, and for the athletic, and what they represent for the the future of sports media, and how they attack it with a forward thinking mindset. I mean, it, that's what all kind of added into the equation to where it's like okay that and not to mention like when i first started in this industry i was an intern that was making zero dollars uh interning with the howard simon show three three days three mornings a week Mm -hmm. and then i was a part-time board op making like i said 715 an hour getting 10 hours a week and having to be a bank bank teller during the week to be able to live if I would have told you, if I would have told myself back then, like, hey, a national outlet is going to ask you to write for them full time, I would have, I would have said, I would have slapped myself in the face and said, <laughs> get the hell out. You're drunk. Go home. Right. But, but it's just like, it was so incredibly emotional. And after I got off the phone with, with the athletic the first time, I dropped to the floor and like, and, this is not BS. My, Sarah has the video of it. I dropped to the floor. My dog Fritz came over and like barked and came over and like smelling me and everything. He's like, are you okay? Uh-huh. But, but yeah, it was just, um, I, this is an opportunity that I never thought would come and it came and I just, I, I couldn't pass it up. Well, I'm really happy for you. I'm really Thank happy you. for Buffalo Bills fans too. Thank because you. Again, get an opportunity to team up with Matt and Tim. Which, by the way, obviously the Bills, the Bills B podcast is staying. That's already yeah, that's came out. We're, you've, we're, you've already dropped it. We're having fun. Yeah, so that's not going anywhere. That's really good news. By the way, we are going up against a band outside going on. Is it coming? Is it bleeding through the headphones? It, I was wondering no, if it would. It, it, well, it's not. It's not too bad. <laughs> Let's talk Bills for a few minutes. Everyone sure. who has, you know, that I don't spend a lot of time talking Bills or Sabers when I have a guest on because there's other things that I want to hit on. But I can't have you on the podcast tonight. We talk a little <laughs> bit of Buffalo Bills. Sure, I'm in. They have a preseason game under their belt right now. Every year, you always seem to find a player under the radar that you jump on that horse before anyone else does. I remember Eddie Arborough. That was a big kind of thing. <laughs> that was a big thing. Is there anyone you're seeing right now in camp that you're like, I like something about this kid and he's not getting a lot of attention right now, but I think he's going to make this roster or I think he's going to have a bigger role on this team than... Other people might think. Well, see, it's a, it's a bit different this year because now they've actually built up their roster a bit, so it's a lot more True. cut and dry. I think the one thing I kind of 
stuck my flagpole into even back in the spring was that I think Cody Ford should be a guard. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it will happen on a permanent basis, but if they want their best five on the field, Cody Ford is going to have to be a guard because Ty Inseki needs to be out on the field because he's just, he's good enough to be a starter for them. And they signed him to starters money, even though he's 33 years old. So that was one thing that I really have been hammering home. And, and those that listen to the podcast are like, okay, shut up already, Joe, we get it. You mm-hmm. think Cody Ford should be a guard because you think you'd be really good inside, but it's just the way that I kind of feel about that. Um, I might go on the flip side. The one guy that I've been down on that a lot of people have been like, what are you talking about? He's on the team. TJ Yeldon. And this was before the fumble in the right. preseason game. This is a guy, and I talked with Heath Farwell, the new spe- special teams coach. He, They're like, uh, he, I asked him, I'm like, what, what's it like trying to get to some veterans who haven't really had a lot of special teams experience like Zay Jones, like TJ Yeldon, having written in my notebook, first, second, third, fourth team kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> so I know who's out there. Right. Zay Jones was with the third team, by the way. TJ Yeldon has been flipping between two and three. And he's like, you know, they're really receptive. And he's like, on TJ, it's really funny. I went back and looked throughout his entire career. He has literally never taken a special team snap in his life. And immediately that's a that's a red flag in my mind. Like, sure. okay, well, if he's going to make this team, he's not making it over LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, and Devin Singletary to be on the roster. He's going to have to do special teams. And Sonoris Perry is a special teams monster playing on the first team across the board. So it's like, okay, well, he's going to have to do some things here or else he's going to get cut. And I, I've honestly thought even before that preseason game that Sonoris Perry had the leg up on him. And so Yeldon probably on the outside looking in. But sleepers? Uh, let me think here. Tight end? No. Because they drafted two guys, so there's no longer a sleeper there. Um Daryl Johnson's a guy that that has popped. He's pretty twitchy, but he was a draft pick, so I feel like he doesn't even count. Um, you know, one guy that I think that they like, I don't think he'll make the, the roster right away, and um, local fans will be happy to hear this, is the UB kid, Cam Lewis. Yeah. He's been... They've been working him both outside and inside at nickel, trying to figure out if he's got some versatility to him. I don't think the roster numbers will work in his favor to make the 53, but I think he is like one of their first calls for the practice squad to get him back. And if in the, in, in the event of an injury, they need somebody to pop up. I mean, you, you can bring up Cam Lewis and you know he's going to be that versatile piece and he's worked on special teams as well. So uh, of all of them, I'd, I'd probably say Cam Lewis, but you know, no one's really jumping out as a sleeper to make the team. I don't put a lot of stock in the preseason because I remember this vividly. Last year, based on the preseason, I thought Marcus Murphy was going to run for a thousand yards in the regular <laughs> He's season. He's not going to make the team, so by the way. I don't. No, I, I yeah. definitely not. Well, probably not. I, that that hurts me though. I like him. I know, but he, you're right. He's a good runner. Yeah. yeah, he did nothing with his opportunity last year, no. and that's what ultimately hurt him. That's why they addressed the position the way they did. Yeah, they brought in Gore, Singletary, Yeldon, and Perry. All four of those guys are now working out of him. Yeah. But anyway, my point was is I bought into his hype too much last year because sure. of the preseason. So I'm not going to fall for that right. stuff again. You did write in your seven observations column, though. Again, without putting too much stock in the preseason. But Ed Oliver, his very first matchup ever. Winning Nelson, one of the best guards already in yeah. the NFL. And, and Ed Oliver held his own. I do think that that matters, preseason or not. I would... I was encouraged by that and what you wrote. Yeah, I do. I, I think it's encouraging as well for him because... When you have a talent like Ed Oliver, in my mind, 
it is a joke that he got to ninth overall. Yeah. And you know my history a little bit more than than most people, but I the way that I kind of cut my teeth in this industry was through the draft. And I still watch prospects like crazy. Even if I don't write about them anymore, I still watch them like crazy in the build up to the draft. And I remember watching Ed Oliver and thinking to myself, how the hell do people think Quinn and Williams is just so much better than this guy? Like just based on the tape that I watched. And I probably watched a good like nine, 10 games of Ed Oliver. I would probably watch a good seven, eight games of Quinn and Williams. I had a good feel of what they were. And to me, even though he came in a small package, it all depends on what defense he goes into. And in Sean McDermott's defense, I'm here to tell you, he could be a stud in that defense and completely change the way that they do things over there. So yes, even though it's the preseason, it was a good sign for him. And he didn't line up against Quentin Nilsson all the time. There were some times where, obviously, as a three-tech, you you kind of flip to where the formations dictate that you go. So sometimes you're, he was lining up over Glowinski at, at right guard. Sometimes he was lining up against uh, Nelson at left guard. But when he went up against Nelson, there was a couple of times where Nelson just completely ate his lunch. Mm-hmm. And that's to be expected because he's really damn good. Yeah. But there were other times where he held his own. Like I remember one play in particular where it was a run, run play. Um, Oliver was in a one-on-one block on him, held the line of scrimmage, just kept kept his kept Nelson off his pads, and then as soon as uh, he saw the running back go to the right side, he he's really good at this. He moved horizontally and quickly enough to get over and stop the guy at the line of scrimmage for a combo tackle, well, along with I believe the defensive end at the time. So that was a great great sign for him. Um, and then later in the game, he on a third third down passing play, I recall him pushing Nelson back into the pocket. Now ultimately Nelson anchored about maybe half a yard in front of Jacoby Brissett. So still technically he won the rep, but that's Ed Oliver pushing one of the best guards in football all the way back into the backfield and influencing it maybe a little bit to the point where it's like, okay, this is his first game. He's in one of his first three series. And that was all you got. And for defensive tackles, it's the sum of the parts of the game. It's not just a few series. So you have to think if he got a little bit more comfortable then he could have done some things in there, even against a guy like Quentin Nelson. So I think Bills fans should be pretty optimistic about Ed Oliver. I'm very, I'm very careful about hyping rookies up because yeah. too often I've seen guys just completely falter once they get to the regular season. But Ed Oliver is different. Ed Oliver is a special talent, and I think he could wind up being a steal at ninth overall. Frank Gore got to start, didn't get a carry. It was predetermined, and, and I, my understanding is LaShawn McCoy will get to start in the second game at Carolina, Yeah, McDermott correct? said that on one bill. He said that ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. Is it, maybe I'm reading into it and it's nothing at all, but does the fact that the that the returning veteran is playing in game two and Gore's getting the nod in game one, do you think that means anything at all? Like, did Singletary look good? Yeah. In, in, in his debut? Yeah. Is that? Do you think that's telling at all, or is that just reading in the TV? I think the no only reason? thing that it's telling it of is that this is going to be a three-back committee, um, at, at least in the early stages of the season. Because what investment do they have to LaShawn McCoy or Frank Gore past the 2019 season? Nothing. You tell me. Nothing. Zero. Right. They have zero dollars assessed to them. They will not affect their salary cap one bit. They have not traded a draft pick to get those guys. It is just, okay, you're here for this year. We'll reassess in 2020. Devin Singletary 
is a lot different. They put a third-round pick, a relatively high third-round pick, on him to make sure that they, they got him. Brandon Bean, to Matthew Fairburn, um, in, in his story, uh, where he watched film on Devin Singletary with Brandon Bean, which was super cool, by yeah. the way, um, said to him, you know, one of the most fun players I watched in the draft this year. When Bean is using terms like rare vision, rare instincts, just to give people some perspective about how NFL people talk, especially in the scouting community, they are incredibly careful about the words that they choose to word use to describe the players that they're scouting. Because if you put a rare label on any part of a guy's game, that is going to stick with you and your reputation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they'll use above average, average, below average, good, great. Um, but they won't often use those hyperbolic words like rare. And so for Brandon Bean, right after they draft him to say rare vision, rare instincts, great feel for the game immediately like okay they're gonna they're gonna work him in pretty pretty quickly so i think it's gonna be a committee to start that's something that brian dable has grown accustomed to in his time in both new england and and alabama and then if singletary hits he shows that he can do some blocking on third down then i think i i would not be surprised if we're sitting here at the end of the season and you tell me joe devin singletary is the leading rusher on the buffalo bills that would not shock me one bit. Really? Yeah. Not bit. Not one bit. Should Bills fans be concerned at all? LaShawn McCoy's saying all the right things right now. He's doing all the right things. He's not is making he? any issue. Well, is he saying the right things? Publicly, sort of. He's maybe. saying, I'm the guy. Okay. He's, say, he's saying the right things that he wants to hear. Oh, even better. Even sure. better. Let's say the season starts and you're right. And by the way, I'm really confident that you are right. It is going to be a running back by committee. Let's say LaShawn McCoy's only getting eight, nine carries a game. How long is that going to go on for before that starts to become an issue with LaShawn McCoy? Well, that's the stage of the career he's in, right? I mean, he's now a 31-year-old running back. Frank Gore went through this last year where Miami significantly reduced his carries. I think he he had just under 150. I believe he averaged 4.6 yards per carry, though. And it, it has jettisoned him into another season of his career where a couple of years ago in Indianapolis where they're just using him, using him, using him. Obviously his yards per carry is going down because he doesn't have the same juice in the legs. Now, does LaShawn McCoy still have the same juice that he had a couple of years ago? We'll find out. Um, I, I, Concerned also, about his attitude? No, I don't think so. I think, I think he's in the right state of mind at this point. I think he is starting to accept the fact that, you know, he's going to have to earn something in 2020. And so that's, that's a motivating factor in itself. But that said, the Bills aren't going to be prisoner to him being, you know, him saying that he's the guy. They have invested heavily in Devin Singletary. He is on a rookie contract for the next four years to where they can do some things. And they probably, you know, the way that um, Brandon Bean kind of operates, if he's still here, you know, odds are they might they might look elsewhere. Um past his rookie contract but after that once uh but before that i mean LaShawn mccoy was um LaShawn mccoy is kind of in a fight for what his career is ultimately going to end as so is he going to be a good teammate is he going to be someone who is accepting of the role or is he going going to be someone who sulks about it it's all up to him we don't know what he's going to do he's he's very mercurial in that respect right but it's also kind of fascinating because it's like, okay, what is he going to do? It adds another layer to, this, to the story. One last Bills thing. Then we'll wrap up 
I got a little Ask Joe B thing <laughs> okay. all queued up here, okay? Sure. Week one of the preseason, I kind of liken it to a PGA Tour event. You're not going to win the tournament on Thursday, but you can lose the tournament on Thursday. Not going to say TJ Elder because you already talked about it. Yeah. Who's someone else on this team that may have lost the tournament on Thursday? Ooh. Um, wow. TJ Yeldon is a, a good example of that. Uh, God, I need to go through the roster in my mind now. Um, my thought, my Russell, thought was, Russell Bodine. I was just going to say him. That Russell was, that Bodine, was but thought. he was on the outside looking in as it is. Because what's interesting, I always find the way that they divide their practices up. Because I am hyper aware and I'm trying to pay attention to literally every little detail, mm-hmm. like who's talking to who. And they're, the second to last um, drill that they do every single week is called the red blue drill to where they t- they have all of their third teamers and some of their second teamers go to the other field and they keep guys. And, you know, this is this is a knock on me. I haven't went back and counted how many have been over there, but it's see- all. all- it kind of seems like it's someone that they would stimulate who's their 46-man roster on game day. And Russell Bodine has not been over there uh, when Mitch Morse was a part of the equation or if Spencer Long and John Feliciano were both healthy and ready to go. Um, so I think he's always been in kind of roster trouble because it's just, I mean, you, you only have so many spots. You're not going to keep 10 offensive linemen. So he's got he's to show some things if he wants to stay in that botch snap. Not ideal for him. Um, wide receiver-wise, David Sills, it's not looking good for him. I know he's kind of a, a fan favorite a sure. little bit because he's an undrafted rookie. They featured him on the Embedded, Embedded series. Correct. Um, not looking great. Same thing for Duke Williams. They're, these guys are just disappearing in, in both training camp practice and in, and in those games. And that's everything to them. Ooh, another one. Corey versus Corey Puntapalooza. Um, <laughs> You're big on that. Oh, <laughs> this is my this is my brand at thing. this point. The Corey versus Corey Puntapalooza. Corey Carter significantly outplayed Corey Bajorquez in his two punts to Bajorquez's three. It's it's uh I'm an extreme nerd. I'm trying to develop a formula that better evaluates punters than just hang time and net and everything like that. I want to try and incorporate wind and and time of year and everything. I don't know how to do it yet. I'm, I'm still <laughs> trying to still trying to formulate it. If anyone can figure it out, it's <laughs> definitely going to be you. But at its core, Corey Carter won that day, and Bahorquez needs a lot better of a performance as he goes forward. All right, so here's what I want to do. We're going to end. Ask Joe B, dude. You made this famous on Twitter. <laughs> However, again, all these questions are actually coming from me, not from all right. fans. All right. And sometimes the best Ask Joe B questions are the ones that don't make the cut. You allow for ten. <laughs> And sometimes they don't make the cut. It's I not. S- it's not even that I that I don't want to answer them. It's that that I just you'd don't be see them. Right. Or, or because you, I've been or so you'd bl- be there all night. Right. One or the other. I, I've been so blessed that so many people ask questions, and it's like, oh my god, I can't believe people actually give a crap this much. <laughs> well, the Bills ones are always informative, sure. but sure. I feel like the other ones are more fun. Oh, the archaic somebody ones. Asked, somebody asked you this. I don't even know if you saw this um, during your last session. Some dude asked. If you like SpaghettiOs, I'm like, dude, that's so random. I don't like SpaghettiOs with meatballs. Like, this is growing up. I don't like SpaghettiOs anymore. But growing up, if SpaghettiOs didn't have meatballs in them, I thought it had a different taste. <laughs> is I go- also had a very weird palate growing up. 
I'm much improved since then. <laughs> but you had to like, everyone likes SpaghettiOs at yeah, some point in their I lives, mean, man. That's just, I mean, I'm human. Who thinks to come up with that question? That's what I want. I love it. I love it. I welcome it. Is going to camp in Rochester for a few weeks every summer, is that fun for you? Or does it become a chore going back and forth um, or staying there? I quite like being there once I get there after the drive. I mean, the drives add up because I usually go back every single day mm-hmm. just based on the schedule. Um, because I do, I'm, you've, you've now met me in person. I'm a tall individual. Yes, you I are. I'm six foot five and those dorm beds, not ideal <laughs> for a six, five frame. Um, but so I like to go home, sleep in my own bed and recharge. And because I like to be on it when yeah. I get to training camp, like there'll be times at practice when I'm, when I'm chatting with some other media media guys and media girls and everything like that and you know what but it's usually in kind of a a dormant period of practice but a lot of times when things get down to the nitty-gritty i like to be by myself and and just seeing everything kind of you know looking at different sides of the ball you know when a ball gets snapped looking at different positions because you know that's kind of how i've cut my teeth um in this but but yeah going going to rochester is fun because it's just got a different air to it than practice at, at one Bills drive. And I think the Bills actually like it. I don't think they're – I've kind of done a 180 on this. I don't think it's lip service that McDermott really likes it. I think he does like it to a point. Anything past a couple of weeks, I think that's the, that's the jump-off point. I think what, the type of camp we saw this year where it's week and a half to two weeks – Perfect amount of time, maybe even a little less going forward. And if that's the type of arrangement that they can kind of go on with and then go back to their now multi-million dollar facility where they can help their guys rest, recover, train, everything like that, then I think that's their ideal. If you weren't in this line of work, and I can't imagine you not being in this line of work, but let's just say you weren't, okay, and you were just a fan. Obviously, you'd be a Bills fan because you're from Western New York. You grew up here. You'd probably be a Bills fan. Maybe I'm wrong, though. And if I am... I who would your be. team be? Well, who would your team be? That was my question. I wouldn't have one. I'm very weird. Very, very weird. I'm a huge basketball fan. I don't have a team. Like, I will wake up every morning, and this is going to surprise you because you, you probably don't think I have a lot of hours in my day. I wake up with my dog, Fritz, around 5.30 in the morning every single day. I'm, I go on my laptop. I chuck an NBA League Pass game on in the background and watch it, and I'll, I'll couple up that up with another game pass game after that and another one after that wow really just because i like learning about what's going on in the rest of the league um i think the only team lean that i have to this day is soccer i'm an arsenal guy just because i i felt an experience when i was back over there and it kind of connected me to it um but other than that you know growing up i was never a huge bills guy i was a brett Favre guy um, and it was just, so I guess default because he played for the Packers. I, I like the Packers, but I've never had a connection to a team. So I don't know that I would, I think I would just kind of go about it and try and learn as much as I could about everything. If you could take one of these three former Buffalo bills and put them on the team right now in 2019 to help this team win games right now, okay. who would you be? And these guys are all in their prime too. Okay. okay. Not going to do Jim Kelly or okay. Andre. That'd be obvious. Right. The three candidates are Will Wolford, Ruben Brown, or Pete Metzlers. Um, 
given the raw, I mean, obviously you're taking the raw current roster into right. consideration and their talent and everything. I think I would probably go with Metzelars just because he was such an impact tight end to them. And because I think where the Bills are at guard now, as opposed to where they were last year, it's a lot different. Uh, I mean, they have Quentin Spain. I, I do. Crap. Now I'm rethinking. <laughs> I think I might go Ruben. I think I might go Ruben because I don't know that I trust Quentin Spain to be a great guard for them. Cody Ford, I think, can be really solid on the right side as long as they keep him there. I, I'm just thinking about Ruben, Ruben Brown plugging him in in prime to left guard Pro Bowl every single year, how much it would change, change things for Josh Allen. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going Ruben. All right, let's go defensive side of the ball. We got Antoine Winfield, Phil Hansen, Bryce Pop. Well, see, what was Bryce more of? Because I always get his position because I was never like super football nerd. Was he middle? Was he was he outside? He, he what was, was an he? outside? Was he strong side? He was a defensive end. Okay, or, or like a rush end. Okay. I would consider him so like, a more like Lorenzo, Ma- a Khalil Mack type. I would okay, consider. so that's more Lorenzo yeah. in this defense, right? So what was it? Antoine Winfield, Phil Hansen, Phil Hansen. Um, I'd probably go with Phil Hansen just to um, push Trent Murphy. Uh, off of the starting lineup and then complete their rotation because I'm, I'm thinking about it like nuts and bolts wise uh, because right now they would have Mike Love as their fourth defensive end and while he's had a good camp I don't know I think they would like to have a full four-man rotation and so if they had Hanson uh, because I believe Hanson played the left side of the yeah. defense right so Hanson uh, and Trent Murphy rotating and then you've got Jerry Hughes and Shaq Lawson rotating on the right. I think that would benefit the Bills the most uh, of all the options. First time I had you on the podcast, we didn't discuss this at all. Because at the time, I didn't know you were a fan. And we're not going to discuss it a lot now because I want to save it for another time. Okay, I'm going to deep dive into the office at some point. And when I do, I definitely need to have you on for that episode. But I okay. do want to know, at least quickly, what... What about The Office? What made you a big fan of that show? That's my favorite TV show of all time, so that's why I'm asking you. So, two-parter, what made you a big fan of the show? And I just want you to power rank your favorite three characters on the show. Wow, that is such a difficult question to throw on me at the end. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's no, 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 that. no, no, no. You're, right. I'm, I'm in because I, I, like, I like the exercise. I like putting, uh, putting myself at the task here. Good. What, right. what brought me into The Office was Andy Bernard's first season. He was... On fire. Yes. The entire season. And the whole Stanford meets Scranton aspect was incredible. Andy punching a hole through the freaking wall after Jim Jim uh, hit his cell phone in, in the ceiling. Just incredible <laughs> stuff. I'm and laughing, like I'm laughing thinking about it right, right now. Right, exactly. So that's probably what linked me in. That was probably like season two and season three. I could I could go one way or the the other about which one I like more. In terms of characters, wow. I don't even know how to approach this. Do I go main? Do I go uh, rogue with, with some side characters? Well, I'm going to tell you, because you said this, and I'm in such agreement with you, Andy Bernard, free manager Andy Bernard, probably yeah. would have been number one on yeah. mine. That's how awesome I yeah, thought he was. Yeah, he was incredible. But anyway, this is about you, Don. Yeah, he so was incredible. Um, honestly, I thought... 
Dwight was probably atop the list just for the pure ridiculousness of what he was. Like his speech in front of the paper salesman was just all time. Yeah. Um, and then the concussion episode <laughs> where he hit where he hit the doctor with the Ma- that's what she said at the end. Um, and Michael was very Michael's, mad. His foot. It- <laughs> I'll tell you one character that does not get enough respect and every single line of this person's is absolute gold. Creed Bratton. Yeah. I, it, it's not often, but Creed, where um, Ryan Howard, when he put in the complaint that um, Creed smells like death and Creed goes to the to the confession is like oh I know exactly what he's talking about <laughs> mung beans it's, like, Jesus. it's just this guy's just incredible um, but I think I have to go Michael just because yeah. he's such a heartwarming and infuriating character all in one and such a complex character and I and I like that I like I like the development of characters I'm a bit nerdy in, in that sense too so uh, so yeah, th- those are probably three that I really gear towards. Again, we'll deep dive into that another time. <laughs> right? We can do literally a whole entire sure. episode just on the office. Second last question or two okay. more, then we're done. Okay. Do you prefer binging an entire season of a show, like say on Netflix, or would you rather watch a show on HBO or network like week by week, or do you want to bam- bang it out all at once? It That's really it. depends on the show. Like um, when I'm not constantly thinking about sports i like to log my mind right the hell off and sarah and i will usually watch some crappy reality television and that we can binge until we're blue in the face yeah um but for something like game of thrones or stranger things or something along those lines i think it it almost i know everyone is different but for us it's for me anyway it's like i like to have time to be able to you know, think about it. And because that's part of what, why I like lost as much as I did, but that was before Netflix and everything, because it gives you time to think and, and all of these different avenues about what could be, what's next, everything like that. And I quite like that about, about that show and about that experience. It ended poorly, but, um, but still having, having that time to kind of do it and, yeah, I, I think that's what I would prefer with those type of thinking shows. Last question here, okay? We're at Sunny Reds. There's a nice crowd on the inside. There's a big crowd going on on the outside. There's a band playing right now. Sure. Let's say we take these microphones and we go join the band right now. You're going to pick one song that these people out there that are watching this band play, they want to hear Joe B sing. You're going to get up there. Yeah, in your own mind, in your own world. And let's say in your own mind, you're, you're awesome, man. You're going to get up there. You're going to sing one song. They're going to be in their chair. They're going to get up. They're going to start dancing, moving around, and being excited about it. What song are you going with? I have two. Um, one is... They're both one-hit wonders. One, um, Barely Breathing by Duncan Sheik. Okay. <laughs> 96. I, I've, I've heard, I yeah. know that song. And two, this is, this is my all-time... If I ever do karaoke, which I haven't done it in years and years and years... No Diggity by Blackstreet. Nice. Yeah. That's, I know every word. That's my jam. What about Sarah? What would she do? What would get oh, the crowd God. hyped? Um, wow. Where do I start? <laughs> uh, I want to dance with somebody. Nice. Would be one. Come on, Eileen would be one. Um, oh, something Celine. 
<laughs> She's huge into Celine. Uh, Gaga. We saw. We went and saw Gaga. Um, <laughs> she she perked up when I, when I said Gaga. <laughs> we went and saw Gaga in Cleveland um, on the floor, and it was her most recent Joanne tour. Best one of the best shows I've ever been to. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's we we have quite the the repertoire of of things we listen to. I'm I'm also a big rap guy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just all over the place. I, I, I like to learn things about a little bit, of, a little bit of everything. I really appreciate you doing the podcast. Of course. Man. Thanks for having me. A lot me. of fun. Everyone out there, get him the hundred K. If he's not there <laughs> by the time this drops, you might be there already, but whatever. At Joe Biscaglia on Twitter, of course, go check out the athletic great deals going on there all the time. Great yeah. content. If, if, listen, if there's anything in sports journalism, that's worth the money. It's that. So if that's not that. worth the money, then nothing is. I, I mean, appreciate that. And we, we work our asses off to try and make it worth everybody's money. And I know some people are on the fence. And it's because if you everyone has consumed media um, for free for so long. And it's like, all right, well, why the hell should I start paying? And I get that. But I think when uh, what what's smart about, about The Athletic is not only do you gain access to what, you know, Matt, Tim... Myself, John, Joe, Lindsay, and and Chris do. Um, you gain access to literally every, every team in every sport in every country, and along with national writers. And not to mention, most of them are the best national writers. So it's such a smart concept. And if you're still on the fence, honestly, there's a why. There's literally a a link I can send that says you know why the athletic has a paywall. And at the bottom, it's got a link to a one-week free trial. And if and if you don't like what you see by the end of the week, then you know that's on us. But at least at least it gets you in the door, and and you can get to see what we're all about. Thanks again, man. Thanks as well to of Sarah, course. by the way. Yeah, for putting Keeping up with you us for this long. <laughs> Appreciate she her. got wings out of it and blue cheese. She's good. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for another episode. Thanks again, Joe Biscaglia. That was great. Thanks as well, of course, to Sunny Reds for letting us tape the podcast here, feeding us some really, really good wings, man. Go check them out. Again, Sunny Reds, Abbott Road in Lackawanna. Got a few more guests lined up. It's been a lot of fun, man, before I head back to Florida in a couple weeks, so look out for them. Follow me on Twitter, at Pamoran Tweets, for more details, who I'll be with, what places I'll be at. Thanks again to all you for listening. Talk to you next time.